This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Cag and Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host, Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another Pal and Finn Noob show. I'm Susie Q. And I'm Sean. Welcome, guys. And uh, I am back from uh, having my uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, you can still kind of see one of my kind of stitches and incisions right there, but. Uh, Doing pretty good, and uh, you know, now that I've been home for about a week and a half now, I'm already itching to you know get back and doing things. But uh, you know, I can't even hardly lift my arms straight out in front of me. I mean, I could do bicep curls for days, but going up like that, it's 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 bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, today we've got uh, an awesome guest lined up um, because, you know, we're uh, coming into September now, which means uh, it's going to be fall soon, which also means it's going to be time for the salmon run, 
which if you guys don't know, um, I fell in love with salmon fishing in 20, 2015, I believe, 2015 or 2016 with my first event with the Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series and have just loved it ever since. Um, I've typically only gone in the fall. Uh, you can, you know, chase them any other times of the year and whatnot, but uh, man, feeling the power of a 25 pound plus king salmon just pulling you around, it is unbelievable. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about this. Oh my it gosh. I, I'm, it, it's making me like, you know, just, you know, drool because I'm just like, <laughs> I get to hear all this salmon stuff, even though I can't do it this fall. I'm like, oh God, next year, baby, next year. I can't wait. <laughs> so without further ado, we are going to bring in our special guest, which is Michael Muniz, a.k.a. The Chai City Yacker. Welcome, Mike. Thank yeah, you welcome, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to be here. Uh, love talking about fishing, especially salmon fishing. So I've known uh, Susie for quite a few years. She's been tearing it up, uh, bass fishing, and now we get to talk about some salmon stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, Mike, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, tell everybody where you're from you know, what you do sure. and uh, all that fun stuff. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Michael, uh, I go by the, the online name, Shy City Yacker. I'm from Chicago, and that, hence the shy comes from Chicago, uh, uh, you know, City Yacker. Um, <laughs> and uh, despite the name, I fish all over, you know, so people <laughs> find me in Indiana, Wisconsin, like, well, your name is Shy City. You're, you're, you're not just in Chicago. And I, I follow the fish. And and that's one of the benefits about kayak fishing is you can really go to where the where they migrate and we could talk about that as we get further into it but i've been kayak fishing since 2013 and i started off in the kayak uh from a paddle kayak and ja jackson kayaks on a big rig at a kraken um started paddling i i was doing the bass fishing stuff for for maybe like the first year or so then I dabbled in Lake Michigan um, and 2013, you know, this wasn't like what kayak fishing is now. There was, there was, it was very niche, like even more niche than what it is now. It was very, <laughs> yes. a lot of do it yourself, right? Yeah. Oh, a lot of just trying to like, yeah, you were really just paving your own way. And I, I had, but a handful of, of guys that were um, experienced in kayak fishing, Lake Michigan, uh, Rob Wendell, a lot of them, Jerry Urbanazzo, Phil, um, yeah, score. Uh, God, I always screw up his last name. Sorry, <laughs> Phil, but uh, these are some of the guys I, I met early on that had been doing it for way, you know, way back. So I leaned on them for a lot of the early years of just navigating it, and um, they, they've been great. Um, and so I started paddling fishing Lake Michigan, which is like really hard to run the side <laughs> you're doing this and trying to yeah and i quickly was like okay this isn't gonna work um so i progressed into a pa pro angler 14 and that's where i then started getting like okay i'm getting this now i got hands free started learning more and um the, the first couple of times a lot of learning and, and fumbles if you will just kind of you know dropping this in the water, doing this, you know, those growing pains in the kayak out on big open water, not to mention just 
the initial nerves of it all. You know, I, I, I like to live on the edge, but, but there's something a little bit um, butt clenching about being out in the open water. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this, this, you know, you're in this little vessel and the shoreline's about this big. Uh, that is both exhilarating and also like, oh my God, if something happens right now, I'm so screwed. Um, but it was a rush for me and I got addicted to that on top of the fishing, which, you know, listen, I commend all my fellow bass anglers, but we don't live in a, in a state where we get big bass like Florida or Alabama, you know, Texas, where you, you know, five pounds is a small fish. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I got tired of two pound bass um, in the Cook County Forest Preserves that were stunted. And uh, I, I quickly just fell in love with the salmon. Um, you know, to me, um, there's a real, um, there's a real kind of um, mental factor that goes into it in terms of um, putting together so many different elements of weather patterns, water temps, currents, running spreads and and it's almost like a math equation right like if you line up all these variables and when you get it right and you get that reward which is that salmon it's like the best feeling you know um not to say that going out for bass fishing um isn't challenging you still got to do these kinds of things but generally you could pitch over a, a grass mat and pull a bass out with a frog bait or whatever buzz baits whatever Salmon is so much harder, pelagic. They're swimming around. There's so much water. Where do you even go? Um, so I, I got addicted to that. I got addicted to that that aspect of 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 like um, putting all the pieces together and figuring it out, and then being rewarded with this salmon, which, by the way, tastes amazing. I mean, food <laughs> yes. home. And and for the record, you know, uh, I'm working on a video where. Um, doing the math on is it cheaper to just buy salmon from the store or go, <laughs> or go buy it in the grocery store but um that being said i i got into salmon fishing hardcore i stopped inland fishing for bass anyway and probably since about 2015 my focus has all been on uh salmon fishing you know kayak fishing lake michigan and it's I've, I've worked to become, I guess people will say I'm like I'm a specialist in this area. Um, I've, since I started kayak fishing, I created a YouTube channel. And for most of the years that I had the channel, it was largely just a, uh, uh, you know, a place to put these adventures at, right? More for my own, honestly, early on for just my own archival purposes. You know, I had a career going on and never, I just took it as for fun as a hobby. I would put, put up videos share some stuff info as i learned it i'd pass on the knowledge as, as best i could um and um you know you fast forward to 2020 a year that changed the entire country and world where where we had um you know the nasty bug come around that had everybody <laughs> quarantining um january of that year uh i i was in the radio commercial uh music industry and and, and radio music industry um so podcasts and talking and radio is all very familiar ground for me. Uh, but they did a series of cuts before COVID actually happened. They just had nationwide cuts and I was let go after a, over a decade of time on the radio with this company. Um, but, you know, one door closes, another one opens. Uh, I took that as a sign that it, it, the 
decide to just pursue this passion, right? And and go all in on it and commit to being full-time content creating, um, expanded and opened up my Lake Michigan kayak fishing business. So I guide, if you will. I really more so call, you know, feel like it's coaching than guiding. I think when you go guiding on a boat, they take you out, they charter you, they set up everything. You just reel in the fish, right? Um, whereas on these kayak fishing trips, you're in your own kayak. I can't do anything for you in your kayak. So it's, I'm really coaching people along, explaining to them, this is why we're going to go here. This is what to look for. Look at the water. Look how your rods are pulling. To really educate them so they can take that information from a trip and build on it to go out for themselves. Ultimately, people want to be able to do this for themselves. And let's be real, not have to pay for a trip every so often, right? Um, so I do my best to educate them. It's like a one-on-one you know, experience and any question I can answer, I will. Uh, we go through everything. And um, that's a large part of what I've been doing since um, 2020, uh, really focusing on the, on the content creation um, on YouTube and social media, um, working with different brands to uh, cr- create content. Uh, 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 UGC, they call it user-generated user content. So I'll make stuff up for various brands like angle or yak attack uh, more recently um so yeah it, it i've been doing this journey and and it's really been the last two years more like full-time you know treating it like like a business and trying to grow it um and educate and as many ways as i can hosting webinars uh throughout the year throughout the different seasons so people can kind of get a class and and apply that when they go on the water is maybe the refreshers or they're new to it um, and so that's where the journey is now. And, and it's, it's been amazing. Uh, it's not easy. It's very niche area. It's not like, um, bass fishing where it, it's, you know, there's billions of dollars in bass fishing. <laughs> you know, the industry is huge when it comes to bass fishing, man, it really is salmon fishing. Not so much. It's very, it's very, you know, niche. Um, but I've managed to position myself, um, in, in, a, in a, to a place where, uh, when people think of uh, kayak fishing like Michigan, uh, my name tends to come up in, in the conversations. And uh, and um, so, you know, like last year, I have a great relationship with Old Town, fantastic kayaks. I'm, I'm not on their pro team by anything like that, but I have a great relationship with them. And uh, I've done projects with them. They've brought me out to the Pacific Northwest last year. This year, next week, as a matter of fact, we have a big project here on Lake Michigan. So we're going to be filming and really, really cool stuff. Um, and, and it's cool because when people think of salmon and like Michigan, it's, Hey, we, we, you know, call Michael, let's see what info we can get. Can he help us out here or whatever the case may be. And, and that's really, um, for me, that, that is a sign that, okay, things are going in the right direction. Um, it's also very flattering, you know, people consider me, I mean, the fact that you guys reached out to me, uh, to have me on your podcast, um, you know, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm so flattered and. Um, anytime I can offer any, anything to anyone, uh, when it comes to salmon fishing, I'm, I'm there. Let me, you know, count me in. I love to talk about it. Uh, love to go out there and do it. In fact, I'll be out tomorrow morning. So <laughs> batteries are charging right now, you know, nice. you know, to get, to get on everything. Um, and so, so that's where I'm at right now. And, um, I'm excited to see where, um, things continue to grow as, as, as we keep going forward with it. Yeah. I think it's cool that you kind of got in on the ground floor of that, of the salmon side of kayak fishing. Cause you know, as it grows and expands, 
you're going to be that name. Like when we think of bass fishing and we think of names like uh, Chad Hoover and, and those kind of names, that's going to be you uh, with the, I mean, it already is. Uh, it sounds like a lot of uh, what you're saying, but um, just knowing that you, you are kind of the pillar of a pillar of that side of the kayak angling industry is kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, I aspire to be, you know, and, and there's, <clears throat> you know, there's other folks that uh, obviously I, I wouldn't, be in a position i'm in w w without their help like rob windows a huge part of that and, and the guys that i i think we mentioned prior to going live right now i, I mentioned some other guys like, uh, like jerry and phil um you know some of these kind of like the ogs of the early days i mean these guys are in some unnamed brand of kayak yeah. <laughs> really great, you know learning the ropes and and so i'm very fortunate that i was able to kind of um, have them kind of guide me early and then now as as peers you know we're always we're always talking about um new techniques and how we're you know what what, what can we evolve in, in in terms of kayak fishing for salmon you know do we run a dipsy on your thing do you want to run a copper on it the pros and cons we you know and and i'm at a point now where i do a lot a lot of my time is on the water experimenting with you know what's what's the next thing what's the next thing that we can do um you know, I, I get it that if if the if it's not broke, don't fix analogy kind of a thing. Um, but at the same time, it's also cool to find new things at work and 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 then kind of share that and, and see where it goes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure as as advan or advances come out, like, uh, you know, the different sonars and stuff and, you know, motors, and I I'm sure that's going to change the game, you know, and as long as you're able to stay ahead of that and, you know, you know, like you said, have those conversations with your peers and how how is this going to impact us? How can we use these new tools to, you know, make this even easier or uh, not easier necessarily, but, you know definitely use it to benefit because i i have a feeling being out on big water like that with a motor is a lot more comforting than uh not uh well paddling especially yeah yeah for sure um paddling it can be done but man it's you're you're really doing like a circus show trying to <laughs> hold yeah like it's it's a lot and if you're serious about kayak fishing like michigan at minimum, you need pedals to, to be efficient. Um, I'm a firm believer that the more efficient you are in your kayak on Lake Michigan, it's going to, it's going to pay off with, with better results. You know, the more you're streamlined with your setup, uh, I tell people, uh, have a setup and start to get into a, a workflow on your kayak. How do you set your lines? Do it in a certain order, uh, organize your tackle a certain way. So that you're very efficient within that because these bite periods can be very short. And if you're bumbling around, if you're doing this, if things are not, if you don't have a system in place, you're wasting time. You're wasting time and you'll miss these opportunities. Um, you know, one of the biggest 
things that I've come to learn and, and as part of my success on Lake Michigan, it's always been about taking advantage of the opportunity, whether it's uh, the winds are perfect or we got a strong blow and it cooled off the water near shore. When you, when you see these kind of things happen, you need to be ready to get out in the water. Now, I granted, since I now do this full time, I can <laughs> go out on a Thursday at whatever time. And people, <laughs> I get that. I get that. However, I'm sure many of you have sick days. Burn one. Burn one, you know, you don't have to be sick to use a sick day. Burn a sick day when when we get that good west wind or a strong south wind that blows in the the the, the cold water up and. Grab, <clears throat> right off in front of harbors or near shore and, and, and bang out some fish, you know, um, and to what you were saying about, uh, technology. I, I just recently added LiveScope plus and man, yes. let me tell you that is been, there's so much I'm gathering right now in terms of information. I look forward to sharing that and down the road, maybe in a webinar about uh, learning so much about salmon behavior in the water. I can see my spread. I can see, and I've been sharing clips on my Instagram um, from the salmon. I just posted one today of me jigging, right? Yeah. Jigging, I was, jigging. I was showing him that. that earlier, and I'm like, dude, look at this. You can see his jig popping up, and then you can see that salmon see the just fish go, and the tail when it, it it came the way I had before. It came so the uh, I'm gonna see. I'm trying to get the perspective here on the camera, but <laughs> if my jig is here. Let's say let's say I'm back here. The jig's in front of me. The fish swiped up like this, so it came head first. And what I've noticed is a lot of salmon attack from the front. You know, we, when we think of trolling, you think they're just going to come up from behind, behind and boom. A lot of times they come in. From what I've seen so far, mm-hmm. they'll come in forward and come down on it or come up. They're coming at some kind of angle generally, and they'll either smack it at the angle or they'll they'll come right by it, pass by it, do a quick U-turn and smack it. So it's really interesting. Very few times have I watched them come up from just behind, swim up behind and just mm-hmm. take it. So learning a lot about these fish behaviors, how they're how they're hitting the baits. Uh, you see them more than anything. I'm telling you, it's driving me nuts already. <laughs> Watching them come up. To, here's the lure. And they just put their nose on it. And they, won't, and they just turn away like, no, who's right there? <laughs> Come on. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. And it's really exciting um, on, on the, you know, because you can have this live scope stuff. It doesn't mean the fish are going to bite. It does not mean they're going to bite. Right. You know, at best, you can see it. It can irritate you. <laughs> to other guys that, that say, yeah, you know what? I use live scope now just to see, find them. And then I turn it off and just fish it because if I have to watch them not eat my lure, I'm just going to drive me crazy. I get it. I get it. So a lot, I think that's, I think that's an area where I, I believe in the salmon fishing area trolling, we're going to see more adaptation on, on boaters, potentially kayakers adding live scope. Um, and, and, you know, Garmin just recently uh, released their newest versions, the plus, which I recently got. And then the XR, the extended range, which now that one they purposely made for big water for essentially trolling applications, right? Or or uh, for the ocean as well. But you could take that and shoot that out to 500 feet. So if you're in a boat, you're going to be able to see your riggers, your dipsies, and maybe, maybe some of your lead cores, you know? Um, so you got a lot of range. So you can see a lot more of your of your spread. And I think that's where 
in the electronic side, I think I, I think more bolts will start to tinker around with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, you, you're talking about, you know, some of these terms and everything, you know, you're talking about flashers and dipsies and lead core and all this stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people listening and watching are just like, what the <laughs> hell is he talking about? <laughs> that would be me because yeah. I, I don't know anything. I, I'm like, that sounds amazing. But yeah. <laughs> So um, what I'd like to do next is to, um, you know, kind of start off uh, with, you know, okay, you know, we've heard, you know, what you do and everything with uh, salmon fishing and whatnot. So like, okay, I want to go. Can I just grab my bass rod and my bass lure and just go salmon fishing now? What does it take? <laughs> yeah. Depending on the year you could, technically, yes, you 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 could get away with like, your flicker shads, some cranks, uh, square bills, um, and a bass rod. And yeah, yeah, it depends on the time of the year. You know, the great thing about Lake Michigan is that you can fish it year round. Ice, no ice, summer, when it, it doesn't, you can fish it year round, and there's always something to fish for. Now, you know, we think of salmon and trout, obviously. But a lot of people don't talk about the smallmouth fishing. It's it's so slept on on on, on specifically the southern end, right? When, when I'm talking mm -hmm. about Indiana waters, uh, Illinois waters, and and and, and in, into Wisconsin, but largely Illinois and Indiana. You know, you talk about the small fishing that that's available that isn't really being uh, spoken on, and I'm sure the hardcore guys that do do it are probably not really liking that I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There are tremendous opportunities. I'm convinced that there's there's state records just in in these two uh, state waterways. Um, you've got the perch this year so far. It's been actually an upswing in perch. It's been really impressive yeah. to see the perch fishing that's been happening since I would say last November, and it's held up throughout the year with fish coming in and out. But the fish been been have been caught, and the numbers have, I've been something to talk about it's, it's actually impressive um you've got beautiful pike and almost every harbor like there's just so many so many fish you know to, to to fish so even on those days where you can't go off fish for salmon you could work you could fish in a harbor all day for smallies crappie there's catfish in there there's the pike a lot of opportunities um but if you're if you want to get out depends on the time of the year in the early spring, uh, pre uh, ice up and like that late, early winter, late fall, early winter period, still cold out. Water's really, really cold. You can fish a lot of these harbors with a crankbait and a bass rod or a spinning rod and get into brown trout. You can get to some steelhead. You're going to catch some pike in there, some big drum. <laughs> uh, you'll pop some smallmouth. But if you really want to get into like, focus specifically on the salmon then yeah you're going to need to upgrade some equipment um, buy some things that are more salmon specific uh, because a lot of of what salmon fishing entails is uh, re uh reproduction meaning if i let out this rig uh 50 feet back and a fish hits that's letting me know that that lure that i put out 50 feet back is going down into the right strike zone where these fish are at. So I want to be able to replicate that on my other rods to increase my hookup opportunities. 
Um, so that's where line counters come in. So you can count your, your amount of feet out. Uh, you want to be able to count your depth properly. Um, in a kayak, most of us use torpedo weights. It's a way to clip on a weight onto your line to then take it down to work your deeper depths, 40, 50, 60, 70 feet down. Um, some people will put on kayak downriggers. Um, I'm not personally a fan of it, but it is an option and they can be done. So you would work that downrigger manually, just like you would something like on a boat. So it works the same way. You clip on your line, takes your your, your rig down. Um, uh, and then you'll have different kind of setups. Early spring, late fall, going into like the winter period before ice up. Crankbaits are fantastic for a variety of fish. Coho, browns, steelhead will all smash them up in that time period when the water's really cold. Um, when you move into like your spring, you start moving into your dodger flies. That's when you start getting the, the coho to start doing their migratory spring run. Um, and uh, that's about the best time of the year to get them because they're the water's cold. That meat is, is just cold and fresh. You cut them open, that meat is nuclear orange and delicious. <laughs> um, so you'll move into your Dodger flies. Your Dodgers are just six-inch pieces of metal. Um, and the flies, you, you know, people think of flies. If you fly fish, you might think of, like, those little flies or something like that. But we call them flies, but they're actually um, basically just treble hooks that have a skirt of tinsel wrapped around in some color variation blues greens whatever there's a there's a wide range of tinsel colors and combinations um, but your blues and your greens are typical what work year-round and you can never go wrong with now these flies themselves they don't have an action it's just a skirt that slides up and down the line most cases with a hook and some beads on it so you use the dodger to impart the action and so that six inch dodger wobbles like this and what that does is when you have your your leader to your fly at about three times the wrap of that of that dodger so you're looking at about 18 inches roughly um you're going to use 40 maybe 50 pound uh leader line mono or floral line that thicker line then uh, because it's stiffer and when that uh dodger wobbles that stiffer line translates that action to the fly. So now that fly is doing this in the water. It's flopping around. So um, that is what essentially we use for your your salmon in the spring. In well into the summer, uh, folks will use that in the summertime. It's very productive as well. We, we actually did a uh, video for Lake Michigan Angler with uh, one of the youngest charter captains in the fleet, uh, Captain um, Blake Hewlin from... Um, storm forest charters and uh that was one of his big secrets was that he's using our stubby dodgers which are six inch dodgers but they're they're fatter wider than the regular double o dodgers um it's been it's like one of the hottest things in our area and it's starting to get the word starting to get out around the great lakes lake michigan and different areas um, especially on the michigan side they're starting to get, catch wind of it and starting to look for them they're just super effective the wider base on them make is a, it's a more aggressive wobble which means that fly is a lot more aggressive than the slimmer double O's. Mm -hmm. And um, so he was using them in the summertime. We went on a trip. We, we, we It was a lights out fishing. Um, so you can use that spring all the way through the summertime period. Um, and it's very effective. And then you have your flashers. You move into your flashers. You can use those in the spring. Summertime, they really start to shine. 
these are eight inch uh you know eight inch uh uh boards you have a couple different kinds you have like your spin doctor kinds you have your standard uh flasher styles straight board and then these things kind of rotate over like this and so your fly same concept put the fly behind it and that adds a different kind of looping and it kicks the fly kind of kicks around and so these two divide these two products um give you a different action with the same kind of a fly and sometimes they just want the wobbling thing versus the full rotating thing um generally though flashers really shine when you, when you get into that summer period when, when when you have kings around um generally tend to get your bigger fish your kings your bigger coho will take that um, a lot of times your Dodgers is more of like a numbers game. You kind of get your numbers, you get your leg trout off of it, you can get you can get your coho off of it. But when you're looking for like the kings in the area, you're putting flashes in the water. Just that bigger, uh, you know, it's a bigger attractant in the water. It displaces more water, so you know these fish are seeing it very visual. They can feel it, and they, it brings them into the, your spread. And from there, they'll either take the fly. Um, or they'll break off of it. As I've watched them on the live scope, they'll break off of it, and you might be running a spoon a little bit above and further back off of that where the flasher fly was. A lot of times they'll come in, they'll look at it, that flasher drew them in. They don't take the fly. Cool, they break off, and they go up. Oh, and what's coming up behind here? Well, the flat, the spoon, and they'll hit your oh. spoon. And so that's the idea where running a spread is you're, you're, you're looking to um, – uh, lay out your 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 bait in a in a in this organized fashion so as fish come into the spread uh they're drawn in by something they might not take that one but as they peel off you've got other things that are way back behind coming in that they might uh take then and so that that's how um the fishing is done and i see you got some pictures there yeah you've you know that that orange one that's that's a standard dodger color orange bright orange uh, double O Dodger is, is about as standard as, as you can get for coho fishing. Um, you've got the spin doctor all the way to the right. It's a it's a it's it's a, a flasher. It's a different style. It's unique to Dreamweaver. Uh huh. And then you got the Wonder Bread, uh, just a standard flasher right there. As you can see, some of them have fins on the back. Some of them don't. Um, and that's going to be in every salmon angler's uh, arsenal. Is, is are those two or three? various types of of dodger uh and flashers and those are 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 trolled um you're not casting or retrieving that yeah correct, correct. yeah those are being trolled you're, you're putting them on your downriggers uh if you're in the kayak specifically we're putting those on torpedo weights or um or round ball weights um, i personally like going with heavier round balls um I actually picked this up when i was in the pacific northwest you know our 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 fishing cousins out there that uh you know have been fishing for salmon a lot longer than we have really because our schnooks are from from there the west coast they're the uh, uh toolies so you know going out there observing how they fish um i picked up some things and so now with flashers because these things are are they create a lot of drag in the water so going with a lighter weight means you're going to blow back uh blow back your lines more so those are torpedo right there. The biggest size they make is a size 12, 12 ounce, I believe. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. 12 ounce. Oh. Oh I, I use a, yeah, I use a 16 or a 20 ounce round ball now. 
and wow. specifically with flashers, just with the flasher, because I wanted to get down and stay down with minimal blowback on my line. And it's something I picked up from the West Coast guys, and it actually done really well for me this year. So that's been a um, uh, a, a little something that I haven't really said. And for those that are listening, it's, it's been a little, I don't say a trick, but it's certainly been a difference and increased my uh, flasher fishing this year for sure compared to previous years. It's helping a lot. So as you can imagine, it's a lot to reel up. And set lines, you know, your rod is bent over, so you got to have a good rod holder and all these kinds of things. But yeah, you're gonna troll those, you're gonna troll those. Um, the other option is lead core, really effective out of a kayak is lead core. Um, you could put it on a lead core line and, and just set that back. And lead core is essentially just a um, it's it's basically a very thin lead line that is covered in a in a, a sheathing material, and as you let out more uh colors they call them colors there's 30 feet in one color so as you let out one color it gets you approximately about five feet down so if you do five colors of lead core you're down around 25 feet more or less so you use that as a way to get depth as well these are your long lines they're stretched out way behind you so you can run other rods tighter and lower and deeper next to you and then you can run that straight off your back way off and it's doing its own thing back there and um i'm convinced that out of a kayak lead core is probably going to be your best producing rod out of a kayak um and i can dive into that but there's there's a whole thing about why i I believe it it's so effective really is good what kind of uh rod uh do you or well rods do you typically use like length or brand or anything and like do you have any recommendations for what you would recommend for you know somebody just getting into everything yes um if you're just getting into it what i always recommend is going the very affordable route (laughs) um because if one if you drop it if it falls out of rod holder if you flip god forbid um and you don't have your stuff leashed it's you you know it's better to lose a few dollars than a lot of dollars um, one of the great one of the one of, one of the best rods i've come across um uh is the um uh, ugly stick gx2 series rods they're like 49 bucks they're ugly stick they could take a beating yes, and, and here's something that uh, you know i want to i want to uh i want to say the folks that are thinking about doing this kind of stuff is that we're trolling. It's not like you're bass fishing where you need to feel sensitivity. You don't want to feel that that bite on a worm or a jig. Or we're trolling. It's a reactionary bite. Um, you don't need a rod, a three hundred dollar <laughs> this brand uh, rod, uh, because it's just being trolled. You can get away with a twenty dollar Shimano TDR. You can get away with a forty nine dollar Ugly Stick GX two. They're seven foot, get the mediums. And if you're going to use them for like the deep water applications, like using torpedoes, I would go with the medium heavies. They're seven foot. Don't break the bank. Very affordable. And again, if you lose them, it's not as bad as a a loss. They do really, really well. And you could beat them up in the kayak. You know, one thing about the kayak is when you're in there, you're fumbling stuff. I'm always whacking my rods in there. I'm always, I'm hitting it against the fish finder. I'm hitting it against the rail. (laughs) 
<laughs> my rods are just always I'm banging them up on something. I go to put it in a rod holder and I hit it against the it's so you, you want a rod that can take a, a, some abuse. Um and uh I really recommend those those ugly sticks. They're they're just a great price point and they get the job done. Uh you can pair that with a a Kuma Magda series, like their entry level line counters. If you want to step it up, the cold waters are about the best value for your money. Reliable drag system. You really can't go wrong with the cold water series for your for your to pair it up with. And you know, out the door for for two rods, two reels, you're looking at uh, three three fifty, you know, ballpark range. Um, but those are really all you would need. You know, put on some line, twenty pound braid. 30 pound braid, uh, put a little backing on it, like 100 pound, or I'm sorry, a 20 pound, 100 yards, 20 pound mono backing, and then put your braid on over that 250, 300 yards. And that's your setup. I mean, it, it really is as simple as that. Um, now, that's for like the starters. I personally like longer rods though. So in my videos, when I'm fishing, my rods are like, what are they? Eight, six, nine, eight, nine, six, nine, nine, nine something. I got nines. The reason why is is I like the uh, having that that separation, right? So when you think about when I put the rods on the rod holders, from tip to tip across, that's natural, like uh, a spread, right? I don't have to have necessarily um, uh, planers on there. I can just put them in the rod holders and there's some natural separation from tip to tip on those two lines behind me. Because what happens is when you're trolling, if you're not careful on, on your, on your turns, if you turn too quick, um, you can have a, uh, or if you're turning in a cross current, those that current can blow your lines over. If you get a fish on and you're like, I was just going to ask you about that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I get tangled with one line. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, try running three lines, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that is that's exactly what happens, or that's exactly how you'll end up getting your lines tangled and be a nightmare out there on on open water trying to undo it all. It's it's so I personally like longer rods. Other folks like the shorter seven footers. It's a preference thing. I, I just for me, I like the longer ones. It gives me that separation, and it's a little bit more forgiving when I do turn. If I happen to turn a little too too tight, um, it's just a little bit more forgiving. Yeah. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah. What about, um, so I know, um, when I first, uh, was, um, competing in the Great Lakes kite fishing series, uh, salmon event, you know, I was super like intimidated. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Lake Michigan. Like I could die <laughs> type of thing, you know, cause you're just like, I've never been, I don't know what I'm doing. What happens if I flip over? What happens if I catch a fish and things go wrong and stuff like that, you know? And so, um, I know I had first looked into getting, um, like a dry suit type of thing, but, uh, I was like, well, you know, how often am I going to be doing this? Is it going to be worth that investment type of thing? Um, cause I know dry suits are pretty pricey, yeah. but <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, your life. Um, yeah, definitely worth it. So yeah, some of the safety aspects of things, uh, what would you recommend to people getting started? Sure. You, there's, there's definitely a minimum things you're going to need if you're going to do this. Now, um, if you're strictly fishing a harbor that's largely protected, obviously things can still happen there. 
I remember years ago in Milwaukee Harbor in McKinley, it was a king run. We're fishing in there. Um, a, a person that we all know hooked up with a, a salmon and it, it dragged him into a dock and he flipped. And uh, water was pretty cold. So things can still happen even in harbors. Um, so, you know, you want to be protected. Now, it's one of those things, you know, if if you if you believe you're going to be doing this and really, really fishing throughout the year for the salmon and trout, especially in the cold water, cold temp, you know, periods of the year, you're going to want to have one. Um, if you are just dabbling in it, it, you're fishing in the summer, water's warm, temps warm. In the fall now, it, you know, temps are still warm, water's still reasonable in the 60s. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're going to fall in, you're not going to get hypothermia right away, right? You're, you're going to have time to recover. And, and, um, and if you're in a harbor, there's generally people around. But, uh, you know, going offshore, going out into the open water, definitely want to consider that uh, for your safety, you know, to, to prevent, mitigate. Anyway, uh, the onset of hypothermia falling into that cold water. You're going to want a marine radio for sure. You need to have a marine radio. You need to be familiar with how to call into the Coast Guard for an emergency, a mayday, mayday call. Basic level 101 kayak, kayaking, just general, should know that. Um, you're going to want lights and flags for your visibility. I can't stress, and I see it right now. It's one thing that, that you know, it's hard. You know, I find myself in this weird situation where I want to say something, but then I don't want to come off, uh, come across like I'm some kind of Karen on the water. <laughs> you're in, you're in here. You don't have lights. I, I could barely see you. If a boat or sailboat rolls into the harbor, they're gonna run you over because they can't see you. So it's, it's like, yes. you know, how do you approach that? Uh, you know, I always find myself in a weird situation because again, I don't want come off as. But you tend to see that a lot now in the fall because everyone and their mama, you <laughs> you could tell who's 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 fishing just for the fall kings, and that's like the only time they come on like Michigan. Um, mm -hmm. Generally, you got the, the, their big fancy bass boats, and they just park themselves in the middle of the channel, which is oh a navigable water. You know, you're blocking you're blocking the traffic. It's illegal. You know, pull up to the side. You see those guys. You see the kayak guys with no lights in the dark. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's hard this time of year. Cause you know, it's like, come on guys. I, I want to educate people, but now again, I don't want to come across as, you know, that, right. that one. So it's, and I know with Illinois, if you have a motor on your kayak, you do have to have like the, the red green navigation lights, right? Is that. A yeah. Like you, if you have a motor, legally you're supposed to, um, it's interesting. And, it's something that I need to follow up on. I, I, you know, kind of like uh, heard through the grapevine, so I don't know if there's any truth to it. But someone that I know that I would believe said that uh, Coast Guard advises against it, which seems kind of counterintuitive. So I think there's a little bit, and I, I think the 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 reasoning was that um, they don't want bigger vessels to think you're able to move quickly. You can move out of the way when you have a little trolling motor. I got a 45 pound thrust. I'm like, I'm not skyrocketing out of the right. Yeah. <laughs> well, watch me go miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that, that was what I what I heard. And at this point, I, it's just 
hearsay. You know, like sure. I need to figure that out. But I, I guess it doesn't hurt the more lights to have, mm -hmm. um, to be visible. You know, definitely want that. I just recently made a one of those big LED lightsaber lights, um, <laughs> and it's great. It, you can't, you you hit me with that on you you were not paying attention in the boat. <laughs> my boat at the end of the at the court proceedings, I'm gonna have a new boat, guys. <laughs> so, um, lights, radio, PFD, um, an air horn of some sort, something that you can mm -hmm. you know blow in case boats coming at you to get their attention is great. Um, and uh, those those are kind of like the must-haves, you know. The P and and the the dry suit, again, if you're someone that believes you're going to really get into this and fish Lake Michigan year round, you're gonna you're gonna make the investment. It's it's six seven hundred dollars, maybe five, depending on what you get. But generally, like that five to seven hundred dollar range mm -hmm. is is you're gonna get yourself a decent uh, dry suit. Big tip right here. Um. Get the the uh get the dry suits that have the relief zipper because i'm telling you you get into that thing and all of a sudden you have to go pee and you don't have to take off the whole thing it's right there um you, it's you don't want to be stuck in the water with having to pull that whole thing off so get, get a relief zipper don't be cheap yeah. I, I can echo that sentiment. That for sure. I, that's one thing on my dry suit that I. Uh, well, well, let me uh, let me ask you this. I swear to you, I don't have any. I don't have any scientific anything on this. But I'm telling you, every time I'm in my kayak, I swear I have to. I have to pee more. Have you guys? Have you? Is that a thing? Can you? Have you know? Have you? Or is it in just the, in the colder months? I colder kind month? of notice it. In uh, it's the colder times. For me. Yeah, in I, the summertime, I, not as much okay. because, well, I mean, it, it, it's hot or whatever. I'm probably sweating more, you know, mm -hmm. than anything. But like, definitely in the spring and fall, like, I'll notice. I'll just be like, "Dang it, I gotta go again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I, my theory is that because we're scrunched down, your bladder's compressed. That mm -hmm. less is being able to, you know, it's compressing it. So the little bit you get in there, you got to release it right away. It <laughs> makes sense. It sounds I, logical anyway. Right. <laughs> I mean, you guys got it easy to, you know, be able to go I, as listen, it is. I, you know, us ladies, it's a, it's a little bit more challenging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, right? We we can just write down the scupper hole and call it a day. Go, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, especially with a dry suit on, I can't imagine. Right? That's, you know, yeah, hey, maybe maybe that could be something you could uh, pitch to like a company or something like that. Hey, if you can make a woman version. Of a dry suit where it's just like a whole zipper hatch where it just zips <laughs> and you open everything. Hey, man, I would buy that. Like seriously, you need to you need to do your own line of that, and and there you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so Michael, I was gonna. Oh, go ahead, Susie. Oh, you want to go for it? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to ask you, um, just because, you know, I'm still kind of curious and learning about this too. So when you're using like the Dodgers and Flashers, what exactly are you sort of like imitating or trying to replicate in the water that, you know, those salmon and trout are going to be going after? Yeah, yeah. No, great question. Because it, 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 it seems very odd, right? When you look at these things, like, mm -hmm. why would this work? 
So the the, the long-standing belief is that um, when you have these dodgers and flashers, they're wobbling and or rotating. And as these rotations and this wobbling is happening, is it's reflecting light. A lot of these flashers and dodgers have um, some kind of reflective tape on it, a UV tape or glow tape, or whatever. So the idea and the belief is that they imitate feeding salmon into a school of fish, that the flashes imitate a salmon flash when they run into uh, a bait ball or to attack a fish, right? They turn that their silver sides reflect in the light, hits them. So the belief is that it imitates feeding salmon. Now, the fly behind it that's just doing this is uh, meant to look like an injured bait. So as the so salmon goes into a bait school, right, a, a bait pod, they attack, they slash their tail around, it disorientates some of the bait fish. So those bait fish are like, you know, wobbling around. Oh, what am I doing? You know, <laughs> um, and then, so that's the that's what it's made. That's the belief is that what's going on in the water. And so another salmon looks, and it's like, oh, this one's feeding. Let me see what's going on. These fish are curious, especially coho. Coho are super curious fish. Um, so they'll come in and take a look. And as they come in, they're drawn to the, the flash and the vibration in the water. The, they, something's going on. They, they draw into it. And as they get closer, then they see that fly there. It's like, oh, this is an easy meal. Let me go ahead and take it. So in, in simplest terms, that's the idea um, as to you know how it works and why it works and, and the belief. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Um, I was going to ask... Um, is there seasons or how does that work? Like, is there times when you can't fish for salmon? And, and like, I know in, in PA we have trout season. You can kind of fish for bass most of the year. There are a few, uh, like, during the spawn when you're not supposed to target them or, you know. But uh, does that work the same way out there or, you know, with salmon? No, yeah. We're, so, you know, the great thing about Lake Michigan is um, it's a year-round fishery for salmon and okay. trout. Yeah, nice. as long as you can, as long as you can fish, you can, you can fish it year round, and that's it's really great. Uh, so no restrictions on it, you know, other than your daily limits. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can have at it. I'm I'm telling you, you can fish. That it sounds amazing. Yeah, year round, and and we're very fortunate, man. You know, when I when Old Town brought me out to the Pacific Northwest for for a fishing project. To experience the fall king run out, out, of, out of the PNW, um, it was an experience. Beautiful landscape, oh. fishing in a different in these rivers, different environment, combat fishing. It's incredible how 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 much of a combat fishery that is, and how fragile that fishery is because they can shut the season down any given day. You know, they can shut it down if they. Uh, if 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 too many fish are as they call it come in contact with because you have to report all these things it's a very strictly run fishery um when they hit quotas they'll shut down these fisheries and you can't hmm. fish for you know uh stocked uh stock toolies or you can't fish and catch uh up up river with brights and you know when i was there the steelhead fishing fishery was closed altogether because their their numbers are so low they're like super endangered or whatever wow. so it, it um i came back here it, it just really grateful and and realized how 
Um, I believe Lake Michigan might be the the greatest salmon fishery in the world in terms of, you know, your catch rate and the abundance of, of fish that you can come here, right? Like out there, it's like one fish, maybe two fish limits. Here it's five. You know, you can you know out there we were re- we were relegated to just one rod in the water. Oh wow! And like, and that was very weird to me to fish one rod. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like, like what? <laughs> what am I gonna do? Yeah, it was very different. Um, came back here and I'm like, man, we're we're very fortunate. And and granted, our our fishery is a put and take system. They're stocked. They're meant to be pulled, and that's just how it is out there. They're managing a wild resource. Wild. Yeah, that not only is uh fish from the pnw these fish are running up those rivers all the way up into canada so they have quotas so that the the, the canadians can get some fish that's why they'll cut it off so that they'll allow enough fish to go up the river so that the canadians have a chance at those fish and to stock and restock so this is a whole it's a there's a lot out there and I, it, it's it's a very challenging um so i i'm very grateful here on lake michigan how easy we got it i guess or or just you know how good we got it with with our our fishery so yeah take advantage cool and i was curious too i um, mean you're talking about in that video uh where uh you're jigging now that that's obviously not trolling correct that you're right. just sitting above them and um what kind of jig is that is that more, like more like a traditional bass jig or or what does that look like yeah no so um yeah, different times of the year you can do different things. You know, most times you're going to be trolling out in the open water, but there are mm-hmm. periods of the year, spring, the fall, winter, where these fish are in harbors, they concentrate up, and that makes it prime opportunity to jig, um, which is a blast. I mean, there's nothing like jigging for a king. It's it's the, the top top of the top in terms of catching a king, jigging <laughs> for him, because you're using a medium action spinning rod. Your, your standard drop shot rod, or if you're a walleye guy, your standard jigging rod, you know, that you use okay. for walleye. You're going to use. I can't imagine. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, and you're catching 20 plus pound kings on this thing, and they're sh- sh- your rod just. <laughs> you know. um, but no, in that video, I was actually using one of the tried and trues. It's like an old, old, old Lake Michigan classic setup for jigging for kings, which is just a 3 ounce darter jig head with a five inch white gulp minnow. And there's something about that setup that um, pre-run I find before they, like when they start staging in that period, before they really get into the harbors really thick, that white gulp with the darter JK just does really well. I think if I had to guess, I think because these fish are just into that period you know if you're, if you're not familiar like just a little context when when these kings come in for their fall run um it, this is the end of the life cycle they're, they have a they're, they have a four-year lifespan at the end of that four years they come into the harbors and the rivers where they were stocked to complete the spawning cycle the fish on our side largely are believed to uh not naturally reproduce they don't just have the right systems or the right uh uh yeah stuff in place uh, a lot of the natural reproduction that we know of is happening on the Michigan side. They have a lot more of those pristine rivers and tributaries where they'll run into cold water, clean, clean and clear. It's more conducive to to uh, breeding. So when our fish come into our harbors in some of the rivers, like the Root River and Milwaukee River, stuff like that, there, there might be, but generally it doesn't happen. But they're still going through that whole process. When, when 
as we get closer to that September period, these fish start to stage. When that happens, they stop feeding. Um, and, and, and at that point, you're catching these fish out of uh, either aggravating them or natural kind of like instinctual strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that white gulp in the staging process is so effective um, just because they haven't forgotten about that eating process. They might not eat actively, but I think something about it might remind them about eating. Smallly thought, uh, because there's a there's a period of time in, in like August where it really shines. Then once you kind of get into the run, your 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 regular you know like pea lines type uh, jigging spoons, then they really start to pick up their own momentum. And I don't find that the salmon hit the gulp setup as much. So these are just things I've observed over you know a couple of years now that there seems to be a period where that jig bite kind of flips a little bit. And and that might be just my experience. It could be different from somebody else. Interesting how, you know, it's it's almost a little bit relatable too to, you know, the bass spawn because, you know, there's that period of time where, you know, they just kind of don't eat anymore, but they still have like that sort of protective or aggressive bite to them. Right. And like, they know it's food, but they're like, no. They're probably just exhausted from the whole breeding procedure. Right. Exactly. They want right. to relax and. But it's great because then once they do get on the bite, you smash them up, right? Oh, my gosh. That aggressive bite, man. Oh, in the fall time when you're just like trolling like a little crankbait behind you, whether it be the, um, uh, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on what they are? Um, (laughs) Flicker metals? Yes, flicker sheds. Yeah, flicker sheds. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, You know, you can troll those behind you. You know, you're only going like. 1.8 1.8 miles an hour, you know, and then just a salmon just totally annihilates it, and your reel is just zzz, and this fish is going airborne several times. Oh my god! Like nothing, nothing compares with that. Yeah. It is just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a thrill. I mean, it's 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 the it's the top tier fishing in our area. I mean, that it doesn't get any better than that it's not like we're in the ocean where you can go out for tuna or or goliath or (laughs) marlin i mean we have salmon that that's our apex uh fish in 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 our in our area um so it's nothing like it for sure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and a little uh tidbit you know i like to give to some new people too is if uh you know you are wanting to use crankbaits and whatnot i would highly recommend you uh, upgrade your hooks too because A 25 pound king salmon will straighten them or break the out of the box factory ones. So, yeah, upgrade your hooks. You want at least two X strong hooks or three or four X for sure. Don't you know if you bring your little square bill out, it'll catch fish, but it they will bend those hooks out immediately <laughs> yes. and you'll lose them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Big tip. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you have anything else uh, that you want to add as far as like, you know, salmon fishing goes or uh, like anything, you know, going around uh, or happening, you know, around your area, any events or anything coming up? Yeah, well, uh, I'm not sure exactly when folks will get to watch the the podcast here, but um, one of the things that I've been working on since last year is to... uh, build and lay the foundation for the 
um, Lake Michigan kayak fishing community to come together, meet, network, um, get information, and and also develop and lay the found uh, lay the foundation for the competitive scene in in doing um, you know what you might call a, 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 a tournament, but it's not quite like what you think a tournament is. Um, more so, these are um, just fishing periods. I call them battles. Um, the way we we've run this now are well. First, let me say that the, the this will be the second year that we're going to be doing the King of the Kings kayak battle, and uh, it, it went over really well last year. Uh, people really enjoyed it. Um, this year, uh, we're doing it again, and uh, it, it's it's a one week period essentially where you can fish four kings and it's two categories the main one is the big five put together your biggest five kings over a one week period um you know i found that uh one of the challenges with kayak fishing like michigan is if you pick one day to do any kind of a tournament or derby or whatever if that day is crap weather it, it's all down the drain right it's not like yes. a boat where you, if you have a big boat you can still get out there and, you know two three footers or whatever and do your thing <laughs> can't do it in the kayak yeah. so we you know i i i decided we run it for a one-week period it gives everyone seven days to figure it out get out there when you can for it to take into account weather family work responsibilities however you got one week to you can do it all in one day get all your fish you could do it out throughout the week um put together your biggest five fish and uh you can do your upgrades as many times as you want to just get your biggest five um and uh and that's like the main one. And this year, the guys in the group wanted to do a side pot for just the, the biggest fish. So now they've added a category. And um, and so yeah, we're you know we're laying the found uh, the, the foundation here to um, one give people in the community a, a chance to get more on the competitive side. You know, a lot of bragging rights uh, here. <laughs> this year we're 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 throwing some money into the into the into the mix of things to you know maybe do some placement uh cash outs for for prizing and stuff like that and it's something that i look forward to next year um getting potentially um you know sponsors on board to then fund prizing and and grow it there and and uh so the you know the more people that are involved it helps when i can take those numbers and run it back to companies say, hey we had this many people participate we had this da, da, da. here's our pictures here's some some video footage of of you know what it was done and, and we can use that to grow things you know my ultimate goal and i would love to see that um you know there be a lake michigan kayak fishing series and that it's three events in the year and it's, it's a there's a spring period there's a summer event um and then there's the fall one for the kings and 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 um and and then do something where you have the individual thing and then for the whole year there's like an angler of the year thing you know mm -hmm. where it encompasses all three events and you know the the, the springtime for the coho is great because you don't have to go far for them you can go right out in front of the harbors when they when they're in close um so it's good it's good kayak fishing opportunities for that and then in the fall for the kings summertime is where it gets tricky i'll separate, <laughs> separate yeah. that's from from the new guys yeah because <laughs> you gotta get off to off into the water um and find them yeah, you know, depending on the year, sometimes deep. It just kind of depends on where we're at with the water temps. But uh, that 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 would be the the 
in my mind, that'll be the event that separates, right? Like the crowd from one another. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. It'll really be interesting. So, you know, we haven't got there just yet. I'm largely doing this myself with the help of Rob and, and a few other folks. But so it's a lot to juggle because I'm, I'm still managing my own thing and, and my content and trips and stuff. And I'm trying to do this in, in parallel. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not trying to overburden myself. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's and it's open to anybody. Anybody wants to get involved, you know. So look up Lake Michigan Kayak Fishing group on Facebook and just request to join it and get you in there. Oh, awesome. I'm excited for you, man. I, I, I love what you've been doing. Like your videos and everything have just, again, you know, I'm just like, I'm watching everything and I'm like, God, I want to go salmon fishing right now. Like <laughs> legit. Last week I had three nights in a row where I dreamed of salmon fishing. <laughs> so just yeah. get out there. You hold the rod, have someone else reel it in for you. There you go. Be like, here, here, reel it in. <laughs> no, I mean you hold the rod, just have someone lean over and reel it in. Yeah, just, you know, great. with the will, there's a way. With oh, the I will, know. A way. I know it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, definitely excited to, uh, you know, see how things progress for you. And uh, I love your idea of, you know, having like a sort of like a league or, you know, series or whatever, you know, you end up calling up, man. Like, I I could see this thing growing, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to, I think maybe like a club. I think a club might be the best kind of thing. And and then within the Mm -hmm. club, you know, um, we we organize stuff around it. you know, because it, again, it's it's very different. You know, when you look up how tournaments run and they're on site, it's a one that that's not how this works. It's it's more of like a here's a period. You go out and fish within it. You just bring back the stuff. You weigh it in. You weigh in your mm-hmm. fishing Michigan angler, and then we do it. So it's 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 a bit it's it's not quite online like you would like an online KBF thing, but it's sure. not exactly. It's 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 a very unique um system and i think but i think yeah. that's the way it has to work for kayak fishing like michigan i don't think any other kind of a format you know like shout out to the glkf um on their thing but a lot of times i mean last few years you got one day to fish in i, I always screw up the name manitowoc manitowoc yeah manitowoc yeah yeah you got one day to fish it, and generally that day is crap weather. it's crap <laughs> it's always yeah, it crap was... weather it's rainy oh. it's super windy i'm like yeah. man i and I haven't gone because I, I just feel like I don't want to drive four hours to it's not just, fun to fish in that crappy weather. Exactly. I fish enough that I don't feel like I need to <laughs> I'm not stressing the one day for a tournament. Like I'm not right. You know, my yeah. focus on creating. I don't I don't participate in even in the in the stuff that I'm organizing. I don't one, I don't participate because I feel like I don't feel right the, the optics of organizing it. And then if I mm-hmm. win, I don't I it's for you guys. I'm just helping the later foundation and, and then try and get brands involved to grow it. And that's the extent of my involvement. I'm, I'm more interested in, in the uh, filming and educating side of it and not necessarily the tournament stuff. It, it uh, you know, I, I, I just enjoy watching others, you know, go at it and yeah, it's kind of where I'm at with it. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, I, I know we usually uh, like to give you a, sh- a chance to shout out like where folks can find you online and um, yeah. that kind of stuff, like with your social media and stuff. Yeah, uh, everything is Shy City Yacker, C-H-I-C-I-T-Y-Y-A-K-E-R, uh, YouTube channel for all the videos, um, Instagram and Facebook. Those are the three places where, 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 where I'm at, where I can be reached for 
um for the videos you can check out you know there's a lot of good stuff there on rigging on technique on just out there and the experience on the big water um you know throughout the year um i'll do webinars and these are great opportunities to you know in in the videos uh, i don't want to make these extravagantly long videos we all know we all have our attention span so i try to keep it within you know i keep try to keep it action-packed meat and potatoes of, of the content uh, and because of that i don't always get to dive into the nuances of the techniques so the webinars are a great complement to what i do because then i really get to because i get to put it on on a, on a powerpoint and write it down i can talk about this is why I do this. And here's the, you know, these are the little things that you're like, Oh, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Cause I don't get to talk about it in the video. Um, so the webinars and people are loving it, you know, it's been great because I started it this year and the first one I did was for spring co I had a bunch of people sign up for it. We did the webinar literally a few days later, a couple of, like, uh, a couple of folks that were in the webinar emailed me like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I limited out on coho for the first time that was you couldn't have done it without the information you gave me and i'm like dude that made my day you know that that's really cool um and so the webinars are, are there um i i've done i also do like on the water classes and we'll take like a small group of, of folks and we'll go out and it's more of like a practical application we'll take them out and uh we did i did a spring on the water so i take people out i we get their setups going with their coho rigs and show them how to set their lines, how to do this, how to do that. And then we go out and they would go fish and I'm just kind of floating around, do a little fishing myself, but I'm most mostly there to like a, like a, like a, again, like an instructor or a coach just going around, you know, they hook up and I speed on over to them and all right, this is how you want to fight the fish. They calm. A lot of people, when, when you hook this, it's, it's your adrenaline kicks in and you're like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> And that's the fastest way to lose that fish because you're, you're starting to kind of freak out in a good way. You're like happy, excited. Um, so I got to coach people through, okay, hey, take your time, do this. You know, so I'm teaching people how to properly fight these fish, bring them in, do this, do that, so that um, they can build the confidence up, they can get the knowledge. And then again, they can take that and apply it on their future fishing trips so they can be successful. So th that's really fun. I, I really enjoy it. And, um, and then on the weekends, you can find me at Lake Michigan Angler. Um, it's essentially the, the premier salmon fishing specialty shop in, in, in the, the northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin area for all your salmon and <laughs> trout tackle. Not just that, but we've got a lot of stuff for your ice fishing needs, um, live bait as well. So if you're, if you're looking to get rigged up, if you're a kayak, it doesn't matter if you're kayak, small boater, big boater, if you ever need anything, flashers, dodgers, weights, rods, reel setups, leg cores, dive, wire divers, everything. We got everything. We can get you set up. We can also instruct you on how to use it properly so that, you know, our goal is to educate you from, from the jump on what you need so it saves you money down the road from buying whatever you find anywhere else. And you realize, oh, that wasn't the right buy. I just wasted money. We're really adamant about getting you set up the right way from the jump. You save a little bit, you're going to save in the long term because we're getting you the stuff we know works, works for our charter captains day in and day out. It's going to work for you. And, you know, again, a lot of stuff, you don't have to break the bank. You really don't to get out here and, and, and uh, have a good time and get on some salmon. Awesome. Awesome. 
All right. Um, well, um, I guess uh, we'll start wrapping it up, I guess. Um, um, thanks again for coming on. Uh, folks, if you guys uh, want to look up uh, uh, Michael, and um, we'll have links in the show notes for um, uh, all the things he talked about. Plus, uh, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we include uh, some of the setup stuff that he was talking about, like the ugly stick rod and and the reel, and maybe uh, uh, some examples of some of those uh, the flashers. Uh, flashers and Yep. Yeah. So uh, make sure you check that out in the show notes. And um, again, thanks, Michael. I appreciate you so much uh, coming on. And, um, you know, that I, I I need to make a trip up to Lake Michigan now for sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time. Now's the time. I think we should have yes. a paddle and fin meet up there, Susie. Yeah. What do you think? You know what? We need to have a fall event and do exactly. this, this type of thing. Exactly. Just the whole weekend, you know. Yep. There yep, you go. Right. Let's yeah, do it. it. <laughs> fall one is about to start. I mean, on Monday, it was on fire. I went four for seven on Kings. Oh, oh God. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they were smacking the cranks. It was it was dumb. And then the <laughs> next day it was terrible. Right. Yeah. Movie, it's crazy movie. how fast it changes, oh, yeah. you know. It's just yeah. like one yeah. day you're out there and it's one day with fire. I call the next day. I had a guided yeah. trip, no less. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna be good again. Nothing changed, you know, with the with the tent with, with the water. Everything, you know, mostly the same. Same. It wasn't like a significant difference where they have a drastic change overnight of weather conditions. But they were just a lot of fish left the harbor again, so they're they're very fluid. Anyway, not to deter, but thank you guys so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, thank you, Michael. Yeah. All right, guys. Remember how to close it out again. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll take care of that. So, guys, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Best Fishing for Noobs. We'll have to change the title for today just to be Salmon Fishing for Noobs. But. <laughs> <That's> uh, <right. laughs> Thanks for tuning again. This has been Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Paddle and Pin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.